It's time for the moment you've been waiting for. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. Beyond the game. What are we talking about? I don't know. I wasn't in that meeting, but I'm just assuming. Are all Toronto Blue Jays fans losers? You know what I'm going to become? A really, really obnoxious Bills fan. I got so passionate in that argument that I hit the mic with my hat. I cried like a little girl. <laughs> What's wrong with people? No, I'm saying I could have done what Sweet does because I do that every time I go. You're such a moron. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you because you're really creepy. Oh, uh, more bacon. Everything is better with more bacon. Tom Brady wears Uggs. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning, fine people, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can call Town & Country at 585-426-5024, 585-426-5024. It's a time of year where you might see bees' nests around your home, around your place of work, hornets' nests, all these types of things. You don't want to deal with them. Call the professionals. Call Town & Country, 585-426-5024. Town and Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. I'm Rick Benson, and joining me is the producer of this fine little auditory experience, <laughs> Zach Barletta. The website is btgprogram.com. The social media handle is at btgprogram. Though the show is pre-recorded, we do have a studio line where you can call and leave your thoughts, leave your comments. That number is 585-431-1202. 585-431-1202. Some people, Zach, just have more money than they do brains. I'm sure you can <laughs> think of a few people. There's no doubt that Carlos Gomez of the Houston Astros has been having a disappointing season. Mm -hmm. hey, he's been a disappointment since they got him. Yeah. It just hasn't worked out. But he has a contract which makes it very difficult for the Astros to trade him to release them, I, you know, it's... They're kind of stuck with them at this point. They're kind of stuck with them, but there is one fool, I mean, one fan, who <laughs> believes he can help. He started a GoFundMe page to raise the necessary funds to buy out the outfielder's contract. I mean, stop. This this <laughs> sort of thing, why are you... Why are people throwing their money away? Cargo's in the final season of his contract, which will make him about $9 million. You start a GoFundMe page to raise $9 million? The fan explains, I just really don't like Carlos Gomez, man. <laughs> as far as being a fan goes, I think he showboats way too much and underperforms. As that's, of Thursday that's morning. That's all true. Yeah, it may be. They've <laughs> raised $152 as of this recording towards the $9 million. Well, now, they're, I, they're almost there. I am sure there are worthy GoFundMe causes. I'm, I'm sure there has to be. But doesn't every one of these foolish things just serve to make GoFundMe look sillier and you even mm -hmm. less likely to ever give towards anything that's listed there? I I understand it. it's a fun thing, and it would be fun to be able to say, oh, yeah, I gave $5 to help buy out Carlos Gomez. But there's people on GoFundMe that have cancer and need procedures and stuff. Give your $5 to those people. Come on. 
Where do you think the money's really going to go? It's going to go to a random guy that doesn't like Carlos Gomez. Right. Even if they raise the full $9 million, there's no way that any team would ever take that money, let alone use it to buy out a player's contract. I mean, the players' union would have a fit. Yeah. You know what I think? I think we, as a show, should start a GoFundMe to buy out A-Rod's contract. Because as many Yankee fans as hate A-Rod, I think we could make enough money we'd never need a sponsor again. So some of these people who, again, obviously have more money than brains, they've given $152. Why would you give that? Listen, send your money here. We'll put it towards the cost of airtime. We'll put it towards something. Sending it to to this GoFundMe page for this to buy out Cargo's contract, that's the same as just lighting it on fire. Yeah. You're just throwing it away, with, with the exception that I suppose if you light it on fire, you don't have the joy of seeing your name listed there, as you said, and you, maybe you think that's fun, but people can see just how really foolish you are. What's going to happen is random guy that started the GoFundMe is going to buy front row tickets to an Astros game. That's where your, that's where your money <laughs> is going to go. And he'll probably cheer Carlos Gomez if he hits oh, a home yeah. run. The Los Angeles Rams have given quarterback Nick Foles his release this week, as he had asked for. Things didn't ever really materialize for Foles in Philadelphia. The Rams then traded for him prior to last year and in exchange for Sam Bradford, in exchange of quarterbacks. The Rams and Foles then agreed to a two-year, $24.5 million contract extension that gave him nearly $14 million in guaranteed money. I, it seems like everybody's happy. If the Rams are offering an extension, he's signing it. But the Rams then did the unthinkable, or at least the unthinkable for Foles, when they used their number one overall pick to pick quarterback Jared Goff. Now, rather than fight for the job, Foles requested a trade, and he's also skipped the Rams' offseason workouts to show his dissatisfaction with the team. The Rams have, I guess they've tried to trade Foles, but uh, they've been unsuccessful. He's worked out a reduction in the amount of guaranteed money, which you would think if he's guaranteed nearly $14 million. He's mm-hmm. worked out a reduction in that um, in, in exchange for being set free by the club. But can you really blame the Rams for drafting a quarterback? No, hey, not at Is all. Foles really the guy you want to bank on? I'm not – I'm a, I like Foles. I, I'm, I think he's a decent quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he's your – franchise guy and how often are you sitting on a number one pick where maybe you think you can get that guy now i don't think jared goff is but i seem to be in the minority most experts and pundits seem to think that he's he just might be yeah well nick Foles is is ryan fitzpatrick right he's a good solid quarterback option in the right system he could be good but he's not as we've seen once he got away from chip kelly he wasn't very good Speaking of which, Chip Kelly is in San Francisco. They don't like the quarterback they have. I could see him maybe going there. But, uh, boy, that Sam Bradford for Nick Foles trade has really turned into just a dumpster fire for both teams, hasn't it? <laughs> both, both quarterbacks want to, want to leave after their teams drafted new quarterbacks. I guess the thing for, he didn't even go out and compete for that. As soon as they drafted Goff, he, he wanted out. And he wasn't under contract for all that much longer. I mean, as you just said, it's probably a good play for Foles. But is he going to get a better deal than the one he had? Yeah. I know you want to be the starter, but, you know, maybe have a nice easy year as a backup, bank $14 million, and worry about it in a year, you know? like You know, and he may want to be a starter. I just, to me, he seems more like that, uh, and he's a decent quarterback, but he's the, here, just don't screw it up quarterback. Yeah. And 
realistically, any of the teams that need quarterbacks that they would trade him to, as a quarterback, are they teams you want to play for? No, they're you know, probably long they're, shots. They're bad teams. Why, yeah, hang on. I, I hope he signs somewhere. Like I say, he's a pretty good quarterback. I'm just, I'm struggling believing someone will give him more money than the than the Rams had already had him signed to. Yeah, but again, I'm a Nick Foles fan. I like the guy. I hope it works out for him. I'd certainly take him on my team. Now my team's the Giants, and we got Eli Manning. I take him as a backup. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, I'd take him over E.J. Manuel in Buffalo. I don't know. I would have just liked to have seen him compete for the job before requesting a, tr- a release. That's yeah. what I would have liked to yeah. have seen. I guess the Rams, though, they just have a way of rubbing people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And case in point, the team sent out a marketing email to current and former season ticket holders advertising a new L.A. Rams cap available through their team store. The former season ticket holders, though, are largely folks in St. Louis we're on the verge of going through their first NFL season without a team of their own since the Rams left forever. Oh, rubbing salt in the wound. Exactly right. A spokesperson for the Rams said they inadvertently sent out the ad to an old database. You think? <laughs> I mean, good night. The Seattle Mariners have imposed a new team policy in which the team itself is collecting visiting clubhouse dues and redirecting 60% of those dues into an account managed by the team. Now, normally this duty is handled by the visiting clubhouse manager. He collects the dues, which are used to buy food, other items that maybe the visiting players might want or need. He collects that in addition to tips, which may be included and almost always are included. Typically, a player gives $50 a day or so in dues plus tips, However, some of the teams, many teams that have gone into Seattle recently, are resenting the team's involvement, and some have even refused to pay. On a recent road trip into Seattle, both the Indians and Rangers tried to get around the policy by tipping the clubhouse manager without paying the dues. Of course, when the Mariners found out, they got their money anyway, although based on the reports I heard, I didn't read uh, where or how they got those funds. The Chicago White Sox, they flat out refused to pay at all. When they came through town, they didn't give a tip. They didn't pay the dues. Uh, right fielder Adam Eaton for the White Sox, who he's the team's player rep, said that the players set aside an envelope full of checks for it once the situation is resolved. This is an odd type of thing. Yeah. How is the situation going to be the result? It's resolved when you pay the fee. Like uh, you're saying you're, you're going to pay them if the Mariners change but the rules. why would the Mariners... Do this. They say they do not collect a, any. They don't make anything. They're not making a profit on any portion of this. They're just they're handling it in a different way so that they can account for overtime and the, the amount of hours that an underage employee may be working as a clubhouse assistant. Honestly, it makes sense. It, it I seems guess like it just does, streamlining never, the process. You've to never me. seen or heard this as a problem before. And the thing that I guess really rubs them. The, the thing that really gets the players is their objection is to the team management getting involved in a financial relationship that has always been between players and clubbies. The, the clubhouse has generally always been the player's domain. Uh, team involvement is not really welcome there. This is where the players go. And you can spell it out any way you want to, but there's always been an element of distrust between players and management. And my guess, there always is going to be. So why would the Mariners stir it up by getting involved in here? Perhaps, I mean, maybe they are completely innocent. Maybe they're well-intended in the matter, but you've got to admit it looks bad when 
for kind of a hokey reason, they, they mm-hmm. go and stick their nose where it doesn't really belong and say, well, we'll take care of them. We'll take the money now and we'll make sure it gets to the right place. Trust us. Players don't trust management anyway. First Thessalonians 5.22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. And I know that that verse gets a little bit of controversy behind it, whether you translate that verse to mean the appearance of evil as seen by other people or to mean any form of evil as it's laid out in Scripture. It seems to me that it's simply a safe practice, maybe a good personal conduct to avoid putting yourself in situations where your, your integrity seems compromised. And, that, and I think that's what the Mariners has done. I'm not sure if the Mariners thought this all the way through, but considering the amount of distrust between players and management, take a look at the Chris Sale thing this week, you know, yeah. or any of these types of things, it just seems perhaps a little more thought before taking such an action would have been uh, maybe an action that wasn't even completely necessary. Mm-hmm. It came back to bite him. Sometimes people do do weird things. While playing in the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship this week, a fan was arrested after touching Justin Timberlake. A video shows Timberlake walking through the crowd when a hand reaches out and just sort of touches his face or somewhere as near his face, maybe on the neck. According to media reports, Timberlake opted not to press charges, and it turns out the, the guy was actually arrested for becoming disorderly after being asked to leave the golf course. What charges would he have pressed? I mean, is it illegal to touch someone's face? See, the headlines that I saw all said that he slapped him. Judging from the video, it's hard to tell. You just see a hand there. Yeah, if I didn't you see slapped a slap. him, I could see. It just looked like he just touched his face. Yeah, like which is still up. weird. It's but. weird. No, no doubt about it. People do weird things. It seemed to me like he was reaching out and just, you know, touching celebrity as he walked by. Yeah. The best part of that video for me is earlier in the video, you can hear a woman off camera go, he touched my hand. <laughs> like, you just know, like, okay, that chick's never going to shower again. Like, you know, just it was a weird video all around. I don't necessarily want somebody touching my face either, but you know, or or at all if I don't really yeah, know him. But yeah. I'm not sure it's a criminal offense. And in the video, Timberlake confronts the guy, asking him, "Bro, why would you do that? Bro, why would you do that? That we're going to get some mileage out of that clip. <laughs> we're going to keep that one around. Which, I, like I said, I don't get it. I don't like my face t- touched either. My wife, she loves it. Which I think she's weird, right? You don't like your face touched, do you? No, no, that's weird. Yeah, my wife loves her face touch. She likes to touch my face. It drives me crazy. I'm a greasy Italian. Nobody wants to touch my face anyways. <laughs> Remember when there were those T-shirts everywhere with the whole don't taste me thing? Yeah, you know? don't taste me, bro. Yeah, now I, I, want a ju- I want a T-shirt with Justin Timberlake's face with, bro, why would you do that? <laughs> we can sell those. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. I hope you'll stick around. Coming up today on the program, Zach has a fresh set of shenanigans questions. I'll share with you my experience at Faith Night this past week at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, hosted by the Pirates, plus our Pest of the Week. All that and more today on Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Listen up, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and every other place that can hear this radio station. If you have a pest problem, don't waste your time with any company that's not named Town & Country Pest Solutions. I was a customer before they were the title sponsor of this show, and trust me, they know what they're doing. They have nearly three decades of experience ridding homes of wasps, bees, ants, roaches, bedbugs, squirrels, raccoons, snakes. Yes, I've seen a video of them taking care of a very large snake. 
you name it, Town & Country Pest Solutions handles it. They're so serious about solving your critter problems that they have an actual American Ninja Warrior on their team who will stop at nothing to get the job done. He can also get up on your roof without a ladder. What could be better? Pest problems solved and a show. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time, write this down, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear absolutely nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Thanks for being with us. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Last week I had the opportunity to go to Pittsburgh and cover the team's Faith Night event. I took Pastor Shane. Many of you may remember Pastor Shane, part of our program for a year or so, maybe a little less, before he left for taking a job. He took a job as a pastor out in uh, Niagara Falls. He's originally from Pittsburgh, a lifelong Pirates fan, so he went along with me. I, I got to tell you, we had a blast, Zach. Not only was the ride down, it, it was just a great time of fellowship as we talked about different ministry experiences, but the Pirates did a great job with the event, and it was so encouraging to hear from a number of players on both teams, really, as several of the Milwaukee Brewers who they played that night, they took part in the event as well. We were a little slow getting down there. Excuse me. <clears throat> Because, you know, there's there's plenty of steak and shakes between here and there. And, you know, how do you not stop for a shake and a crock yeah. of those baked beans that they have? Oh, absolutely. I, I could see where that would make you take the a long time. The pirates were down. gracious enough to leave us a couple of media passes, allowed us access to the areas we needed to go, the field and stuff, to, uh, to really get a feel for the event. And when we first walked in, the guy at the door, you know, the guard there, the attendant there— it, he spotted a couple of greenies like us a mile away. Now we're we're a talk radio show. We we don't we're not reporters. We don't go to these things very often. But this mm-hmm. faith night, it was it was obviously a real fit. But he saw that we were fairly green. But bless God, he was very kind to us. He's very patient. He's explained where we could go, and he even recommended that we hit the field, catch the rest of batting practice before heading up to the press box to watch the game from the air conditioning. Turns out his suggestion was spot on because it was a hot, <laughs> muggy night. And, you know, they play the game, and while I forget the final score, there was, was a lot of offense and the pitching, a lot of pitching changes. So it was getting to be a pretty late night. And mind you, we left Rochester around noontime, and we were going to be driving back to Rochester after the event. And that's not to say, you know, I like to be in bed around ten o'clock. So <laughs> this is going to be well past my bedtime. One of the journalists who Shane follows, I think you mentioned you follow him too, that he covers Pittsburgh area sports. He picked up on how late it was getting and 
tweeted out something to the effect of it's a good thing Christianity teaches patience because it's looking like a late night for faith night. <laughs> so as the game goes on, I'm beginning to wonder, you know, could they possibly cancel this thing? Or, you know, what are they going to do here? And uh, would they do a quick sort of half-hearted sort of presentation to get the players back home sooner than later? But to the Pirates' credit, they did no such thing. Uh, they had announced several times during the game Anyone for staying for faith night afterwards could relocate down to the field level section behind the first base dugout. And the Pirates, they didn't compromise a thing. I, I suppose it started somewhere, I don't know, the game may have got it, got over around 1045. This thing started around 11 and about two dozen players, not to mention their wives, some front office personnel, some of the opposing team, the Brewers that night, they, they all came out. They stayed out there sharing the impact that Jesus Christ has had on their lives until well past well past midnight. It, it was, I, I was pretty surprised by that. I wasn't expecting that, but they did a great job. They were faithful to it. They stayed out there. And, you know, actually, it's kind of a funny story. As I said, the Pirates were very gracious in allowing us to go where we needed to in order to get a good feel for the event. But after the game had ended, we left the press booth to go back down to the field. And as we're walking through the tunnel, kind of like we own the place. We're just walking through the tunnel trying to find our way back to the field. Here comes the team out of the dugout on their way to the clubhouse, and now we're they're walking with us. We're, we're, we're walking amongst them. And, you know, I, at this point, I, I look at the guy walking a foot and a half in front of me with the name McCutcheon on the back of his jersey, and I'm beginning <laughs> to get the sense that probably we're somewhere – we really don't belong. Well, just roll with it at that point, right? Well, yeah, that's what pretty much we were just, we had no other choice. We're walking down the tunnel. Finally, guy does stop us, but he doesn't yell at us. He's not giving us any attitude. He just kindly asks where we're going, to which, you know, I tell him, to the field, of course, to cover faith night. And I must have sounded like a kid in a candy store because we're all, we all kind of giggled about the way, the way it came out. And he's like, look, man, why, why don't you just use the umpire's tunnel at, at this moment? The players are coming out. Use that instead, instead of the player's tunnel. All right. Fair enough. So we go through the umpire's tunnel and we're halfway through that. And now here come the relievers in from the bullpen. And they're walking right past us as we're going by, and they're all greeting us. Hey, hello. I mean, if I was in a Yankees fan since practically birth, I'd be a Pirates fan. This was the friendliest group of people. Uh, the players, the front office, the attend, everybody took care of us, very friendly to us. And Oh, yeah. I've been to a few games there, and everybody, the attendants, the food service people, the the guys scraping the gum off the concrete, they're all so friendly. They, they really were. And we're from out of town. Obviously, we're from out of town. We don't yeah. look like we know where we're going. We're obviously not one of their beat riders. You're but, not saying yins or all that stuff. <laughs> but they were very kind to us. So now we're on the field. I'm completely amazed by the amount of people who – remained after the game to hear the players talk about their faith. I'm not real good at estimating numbers or anything, but my guess, there was a couple thousand people still sitting there in that awesome. section. It really, it really was. Now, remember, this is 11 o'clock at night. They've just sat through a relatively long ball game, mm -hmm. and here they were, a couple thousand people, by my estimate, and I could be off. But So we're just sort of milling around with some other folks. We're making small talk with people, not really knowing sh for sure who anyone is. They had set up about two dozen chairs on the infield along the first base side for the players, which 
we didn't realize that it was for the players. We just saw the chairs, and Shane and I all—we were this close to going over and sitting there. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't know really, and I think that's the only thing the Pirates maybe could have done better. We had no idea how the event was going to unfold, what to expect. They didn't really give us any direction. So we're on the field just milling about, about to go sit in the players' chairs. <laughs> we end up down in the first base dugout with a bunch of other people who, as it turns out, front office personnel, some other players who really weren't involved in the faith night but still were uh, about, mm-hmm. and the players' wives. And the only reason we knew it was the players' wives because as they're waiting for the team to finish up in the locker room and come out, the players that are going to take part, they had the ladies come out and share so they emptied the dugout and as they go up and share. And that was that was kind of cool um, to hear from the women and hear a little bit about their faith. Because, you know, being the wife of a professional athlete, like anything else, has unique challenges mm-hmm. to itself um, that, that only maybe they really understand, they can really relate to. And these women shared how they have a Bible study together and are studying from a t- particular book together and they seem to have formed this really nice, tight-knit group, and they hold one another accountable, and they encourage one another. And, you know, certainly fellowship like that of any like-minded group, uh, a similar circumstance or similar walk of life is really good for the spiritual growth of all of us. But it was very encouraging to see. And when the women were done, they brought up this—the the, the men had come out, the players had come out, now they had taken their seats in the chairs. It was— I guess say probably two dozen of them or so, some including some brewers and some coaches. Um, they had some of this group of children, and each of the each of the kids, excuse me again, were able to ask the players a question or two. And you know, by the way, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a believer, I'd encourage you to check out one of these faith nights somewhere if you can to hear these fellow believers share their faith from the platform God has given them. It was encouraging. It was also a lot of fun, though. And I'll tell you, uh, I'm telling you about the event to kind of give you a feel from it. And I want to play you some of the audio clips in a minute. Maybe you can find them encouraging as well. This brings me to another thing. I realize I'm never, never going to be some sort of, you know, beat reporter. As I said earlier, we have this talk show. It's a lot of fun. We talk about stuff. We don't we're not really reporters. It was late. When this thing finished, it was after midnight, and the players are around, and I felt like I wanted to ask them. I wanted to do a couple of interviews and ask more specific questions, but it was well past midnight. I couldn't help but feel, man, I can't ask these players anything else. It's late. They're going to want to go home. And By the way, we're looking at a six-hour drive back to Rochester, so as it is, you know, we're pulling an all-nighter, but... So let me, let me play some of the clips for you. One of the kids, he asked Matt Joyce about his favorite Bible verse or his favorite Bible story, and here's what Matt Joyce had to say. Well, what is your favorite Bible verse? Your Bible verse or Bible story? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, story, I would say David Goliath. Uh, you know, just kind of like an underdog story. Uh, obviously, David was a smaller guy, shepherd uh, of Israel, who's ready to later became king, and uh, Goliath was this ginormous uh, warrior of the Philistine, and uh, you know, here comes uh, David, and sure, sure enough, throws his rock and smokes him in his head, and uh, knocks him out. But uh, just one of those stories that, that kind of resonates with you, 
that uh, you know, no matter what obstacle or how great the obstacle is, uh, you know, as long as you have God and you put God first in your life, you can overcome anything. I like that he says ginormous. Another young person wanted to ask pirate reliever Jared Jared Hughes about his role model. His role model in your life and why? This is the role model in your life, Jared, and why? The role model in my life is the best role model, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it's so selfless. Everything he preached was about love and forgiveness and uh, just the ultimate example of how to serve. So definitely uh, Jesus Christ is my role model. What was great about the Jared Hughes clip was how happy he seemed to be to be part of it as he was sitting there uh, in front of us. Some of the guys were sitting there as part of this panel. with They had a serious look on their face. The Pirates had just lost. They had gotten thumped pretty good. One guy in particular, Andrew McCutcheon, was sitting there almost... He's almost moping to the point where I sort of felt bad for him. It, it was obvious he didn't want to be there. And I'll talk more about McCutcheon in a minute. But in his defense, he's sitting there after having just gone 0 for 5 with a couple of strikeouts. But Jared Hughes sat there the entire time with this goony smile on his face. <laughs> you know, he just seemed to be filled with the joy of the Lord. He was looking, seemed to be looking forward to this thing. And it was written all over his face the way it should be on all of ours if we're believers in Christ. And I felt convicted about how joyful he was just sitting there and how it was so refreshing to see. After they finished with the kid's question, the chaplain, uh, he, for the Pirates, he came up and he took, sort of took over as the MC and he introduced some of the players, sharing a little bit about them and asking them some leading questions, which would give them an opportunity to share about their faith. One of the first guys he brought up was former World Series MVP David Freeze and asked him about his decision to be baptized. I go blue. I, I got baptized at a very young age. Um, you know, obviously don't remember it. And I went to PAO. It's a professional athlete outreach conference. I know most of these guys uh, have been to it. Um, I got the invite every year of my big league career, and just wasn't ready ready to go. Um, and then finally, you know, I, I decided to go, and uh, I wish I went seven years ago. Incredible. Um, these guys are things they want to talk about. But um, they have this part, um, kind of into last night, where you know they had a baptism uh, for, for guys, and um, it's just an amazing experience. And actually, for me, I, I didn't do it at first. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really understand that you could get baptized again. And I, I see Adam Wayne right across from the pool. I feel that way, right? Across from the pool, just staring at me. Um, you know, as we've talked about before, and I went back to my hotel room and called my dad, and he kind of explained some things. And, and there were some guys that were getting baptized um, after you know, the, the main part. And so I felt more comfortable and, and jumped in the pool uh, with a bunch of guys. And it was just an awesome experience uh, to kind of profess my love for Christ, um, to kind of put both feet forward. I've lived my life with one foot in, one foot out. Um, for the most part, I think a lot of you guys can understand how that goes. But um, to, to throw it all out there and kind of start a new life and um, publicly profess my love uh, for Christ, it was, it was unbelievable. It's encouraging to see another side of these players that you know their names and mm -hmm. to hear them talk about their faith in this 
format, it, it was really encouraging, which is why I want to play these clips. I'm hoping you're getting maybe to see just a little bit into uh, a different side of these players. For instance, their all-star closer, Mark Melanson. Uh, were you with me? Was he that Dominican missions trip we went on, Zach? Uh, was he on that? I know he was on one of them. He might have been. I know the the one that I was there when we went the first year, there were a lot of Yankees minor leaguers, which he would have been at the time, so he, he probably was. Yeah, he definitely had no recollection of me, which I, <laughs> I wouldn't expect him to, but he was asked about his faith and how it intersects with his career as a baseball player. Yeah, yeah I, I pray very hard before I go to every day. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, as I'm running out to the mound and I'm saying a prayer, like most of these guys said, it's, it's not usually for the success. It's just that I can glorify God and show my love for Him, whether it's good or bad. Um, I'm going to express, you know, like Christ, an attitude like Christ, and uh, show my love for Him. So it's 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 a. It's intertwined 100 percent of the time. It's a way to connect. Baseball has allowed me to meet so many different people and connect with people. Uh, I, I just feel blessed to be able to do what I do on the platform that, that we're on and, and serve the one and only God that is truly amazing. And then they call up McCutcheon. Now, I had heard McCutcheon has a faith in Christ, but I had never really heard it from him firsthand. And as I said just a moment ago, as he sat there, good night, he looked miserable sitting there. And and granted, he had a rough night. And it's no real secret that it's been a down year in the game for for McCutcheon. Mm -hmm. So much so, his name's been mentioned in trade scenarios, though that's probably mostly speculation by fans and writers as far as I know. But the chaplain, it was sort of funny, he first introduces McCutcheon, and then he comments on how he doesn't feel like such a child standing next to McCutcheon as he does when standing next to other players, obviously referencing his size, and of course, a little bit of a shot there. But then after an 0-for-5 night with a couple of strikeouts, he reminds McCutcheon of how difficult a year it's been for him before leading into the question of how how he handles the struggle, which why are you bringing all that up? The guy knows he's struggling, but yeah, you know. Jeez. Anyway, he did, and what he was getting at was he he wanted to he wanted to get McCutcheon to talk about how he deals with that struggle. Uh, well, you know, it, it has been a difficult year for me this year. I mean, everyone's seen that, uh, but honestly, just staying focused and reading the Bible. Um, you know, the Book of James. Who's familiar with the Book of James? It's not that big, but James is uh, Jesus' brother. But uh, James says in uh, chapter 1, actually, verse 2 and 3, he says, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith will produce perseverance. I can sit here and talk about that Bible verse for about 30 minutes. Because my faith has been tested this year. It really has. But I know that Jesus said that all you need to have is faith the size of a mustard seed. And if anybody knows how small a mustard seed is, I believe it's the smallest seed known to man. But when you put it in a crop, 
His answer was so great. Mm-hmm. And when he started talking about scripture, it was as if his whole attitude changed. He was no longer moping. You could see him perk up. Even his body language became more animated. I didn't know it until that night, but McCutcheon's dad apparently is a preacher. And you could see clearly that some of it rubbed off on, on mm-hmm. Andrew McCutcheon. And the evening ended. They brought up Pirates manager Clint Hurdle. He's the catalyst behind the event. He's, the, he's kind of put it all together and started the thing and... The interesting thing about Hurdle on this particular night is he had got thrown out of the game for arguing. <laughs> I had thought two hitters into the game, but he says it was three. I had tweeted out how curious I was. Would he still be sharing after after being thrown out of a ball game? But he handled it really very well. He made light of it and kind of poked a little fun out of it and made sure we all know he was prepared ahead of time and he didn't get thrown out of the game for for the purpose of preparing for Faith Night. I thank you most of all for grace and mercy. Because without grace and mercy, I would not be here tonight. As I shared with you many times before, I'm a flawed man. We got to see each other again tonight. How do you get thrown out three years into a game? You've got to really disappoint somebody for them to get that angry with you. They, they get rid of you three years into the game. How can it be enough? That's enough. How can that be? There's three years in the game. I haven't said a lot. Hurdle then brought it back. He challenged men to stand up, to be godly men, to be leaders in their home. And he, he touched briefly on how Christ had saved him at 17 years of age before, before he then challenged everyone to be more focused on prayer. He said that uh, not only does he pray during the national anthems, which is something I've always done, but I pray for our country during the national anthem uh, when I go to a game. But he uses that national anthem and he prays during that time. But he says that he uses a cell phone as a reminder. And each time he takes out his phone to check the time, to read a message, to to do whatever, that he prays for something, perhaps even the person who messaged him. And so apart from the long ride back to Rochester, which included a detour to had to go drop Pastor Shane off in Niagara Falls, let me tell you, <laughs> that was a late night. But that's about it. I, I, I do want to thank the Pirates, not only hosting the event, but allowing us access as they did to experience it ourselves so that we could share it with you and talk about it here on the show. Coming up after the break, we have shenanigans. I want to thank you for being with us. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Your floors are under attack from overwatered plants to overflowing dog bowls. But the Home Depot has new water-resistant Pergo Outlast Plus laminate flooring starting at just $279 a square foot. So you and your floors get to fight back with 24-hour spill protection that stands up to liquids for a whole day without causing damage. 
The next generation of laminate flooring is Pergo Outlast Plus, starting at just $279 a square foot, exclusively from the Home Depot. More saving, more doing, U.S. only. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Your aura brims with confidence. The Name Your Price tool has given you policy options based on your budget. A source of great power rises from within, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex that can shoot dragons out of its eyes, riding on a tank. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Beyond the Game. Rick Benson and Zach Barletta. Zach, I got a bit of a dilemma. My wheelhouse lunch joints have disappointed me the last couple times out. <laughs> I mean, my favorite Chinese buffet is under new management. You and I have been there a million times. Under new management, they just seem to be struggling. The food quality has gone down. The service is not as good. So do I keep going back to the well, or do I make a move? The next strike is strike three. Jeez, it's hard to say. I mean, if if it's under new management, if they change the way that the food is done, it's not the same food that you... No, it's not. They do things different. In fact, I I asked for a spoon the other day because there wasn't one in the hot pepper oil, you know, in the little thing there on, on the buffet. And after waiting several minutes, finally they come over and they give me a set of tongs. Tongs. I'd asked for a spoon. How are you going to scoop that with tongs? Well, whatever. I did. I, I, you know, I had already waited a while. I wasn't waited no more. You know, brother's got to eat. Lady starts going nuts when I started shoveling the, the hot pepper oil out with the tongs. She's like, you know, because I'm using the wrong utensil. Well, I asked for a spoon. You gave me tongs. I'm, I'm yeah. just using what you gave me. You know, whose fault is it? I think that's strike three. Well, it was, I'm struggling. And, it, and in my favorite Mexican place, they've really gone downhill. There was a gal there who took great care of me. She was a great waitress. Man, my chips were always full. And they have the best chips and salsa in town. Uh, my drink was always full. But yesterday, the new waitress, she when I asked for a refill on my soda, I don't know if she was trying to be funny or whatever. She's like, gives me a little bit of attitude. Says, Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious, man. Lady, I'm fat. I don't joke about lunch. <laughs> and so I think I'm doing what you did when it became when it came, when you picked an NBA team. I, I'm entering into a free agency market. I'm looking to sign with some new go-to lunch places. And I think this, we have to take this discussion off the air because this could be a long, this, uh, drawn-out this is discussion. Important stuff. Lunch, yeah. lunch is what I do. Maybe what I do best. But if you have some thoughts, you have some suggestions, leave them on our studio line. I'd be interested to hear what you think. You can give me a call at 585-431-1202. 585-431-1202. The phone lines are open for you to tell me where I should go for lunch. You might just impact a life. Zach, what do you have for us for shenanigans? All right. Last week, giant star wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. said of Redskins cornerback Josh Norman, the reason he's become so relevant is because of me. Truth or shenanigans, Norman's beef with OBJ is the reason we know who Josh Norman is. Shenanigans. Norman had emerged as one of the league's best defensive backs. That's why the one-on-one duel with Beckham was and is so interesting because he had two of the league's best locked up against one another. But Norman was known prior to Beckham. And on an an AFC championship-winning team, 
he would have only continued to have gained notoriety with or without Beckham. But that said, there is no question that the competition with Beckham only helped to fuel his, rec- his name recognition to a new level. Yeah, the first thing that struck me is that I don't think Josh uh, or Odell Beckham Jr. thought much about what he was saying. Because if you take his statement at face value, what he's saying is people know about him because he shut down a famous receiver like me. You know, I I laughed at that. But I look, there's a reason Josh Norman got that giant contract from the Redskins. And it's not because of Odell Beckham Jr. It's because Josh Norman is really, really good. Yeah. And Odell Beckham Jr. is is. Well, I don't know what he is. He's kind of a punk, really. And you following the Giants, I'm sure this isn't the first that you've heard this. But um, absolutely, no. Shenanigans. All had been quiet on the Johnny Manziel front for a little while, but then he made news last week when he allegedly punched someone in the face at a wedding. Truth or shenanigans, Johnny Manziel will ever play in the NFL again. He will play in the NFL. Is that what you're saying? That's what the statement says. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, and I'm not sure that he'll be a starting quarterback, but I think somebody's eventually going to give him a shot at a backup role. I mean, regardless of the baggage, teams just can't seem to resist a guy that's got mm-hmm. that type of talent. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll play at some point. I, he seems like that guy who's a first round pick, flames out. He just bounces from backup job to backup job. And then suddenly at 30, he takes over and has a good half season or something and gets a big contract. That I could see that. Nobody's going to sign him with the intention of making him their starter. But there was, you know, at one point there was a lot of talent there, and there probably still is. So I'll, I'll agree. Adding the market's top available closer, Aroldis Chapman, makes the Cubs favorites to be World Series champs. What's your view? Uh, I say shenanigans. I say they're world's they're favorites to be World Series champs, but not because of our oldest chairman. Uh, the number that jumps out to me is that the average margin of victory for the Cubs in their wins this year is five runs. That's not a save situation. Your closer doesn't really matter in that scenario. So yeah, he makes them really scary. But look, the 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 reason the Cubs win games is because they beat you to death. It's not because they have a great bullpen. So I'll say shenanigans. Well, your perspective is interesting and in, in coming up with the five-run difference and all that. I mean, because I actually agree because they didn't break down the statement as far as you did. The The Cubs are favorites to win the World Series. I agree. I felt they were the favorites heading into the season mm-hmm. before they had Chapman. And no, nothing's changed for me despite – I mean, they played somewhat average heading into the All-Star break for about a month. But uh, they filled the need. They overpaid greatly to do it, but they were in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all in, and as far as naming a favorite, is there anyone else that you know you think has a better chance than the Cubs? I mean, there's teams that maybe you think have as good mm-hmm. a chance as other teams that are certainly contenders, but I don't think anyone else is more of a favorite than the Cubs, especially right. now with Chapman on board. Yeah, but they, they are really the only team that has no weakness now. There's no weakness at all on that team. And they addressed it. All right, the WNBA made headlines recently. When was the last time you could say that? (laughs) But they made headlines recently when the league fined teams and players who wore black warm-up shirts before games instead of the team's uniforms in protest of recent police shootings. Truth or shenanigans, the WNBA was correct in fining the teams and the players involved. Oh, Zach, why do you pull us into this? (laughs) I, I actually agree. Um... 
though perhaps the league doesn't agree as they've since withdrawn those fines, um, I'm fairly certain the league would prefer not to be caught in the middle of this. I mean, yeah. for me, if the league's stance is that the players must wear the uniform they were hired to wear, then they're justified to fine them. You can't allow for players to wear whatever they like or whatever causes the flavor of the week to that individual player. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some port, point, there needs to be a boundary. Players, you know, they can, of course, make political and social statements, but that should be done on their own, and it should be done in such a way that it doesn't appear as though it's a reflection of the league's or the team's values and opinions. Uh, it's nothing new. The National Football League, Major League Baseballs, others, they strictly enforce their dress code to I mean, seemingly ridiculous levels, but it's done an attempt to protect unity and to retain control of its brand and its product. I mean, having people going around before the games, checking what people, what players are wearing, you know, what socks they're wearing, what shoes they're wearing, that is ridiculous levels to me. But there's a reason they do it. Um I, I agree with the fine. I think it was. I think the league has the was correct in doing it, but I also think they did the classy thing and rescinded them. This is uh, this isn't where I'd want to fight my battle, and I don't think it's where the league wanted to fight its battle. Um, you know, I say all that, but the league needs to be consistent, though. And even though mm-hmm. I understand it, these were league issued. They provided teams with shirts showing support for the victims of the Orlando nightclub. Uh, shooting last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're telling your players that they can't do what you just did, mm-hmm. that's poor leadership. Absolutely. I uh, I agree with the statement that they were correct in finding them because, look, if you're given a uniform and told this is what you wear when you warm up, then that's what you wear when you warm up, period, end of story. Um, yeah, there, these shootings have been incredibly tragic, and it's certainly uh, applauded to have a statement to make about them. But players these days have Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Make your statement there. Don't make it on company time. A recent John Heyman article stated that the Yankees could consider releasing Mark Teixeira and Alex Rodriguez if they are out of the playoff hunt around the deadline this coming week, since both aging sluggers are virtually untradeable due to age, injuries, contracts, etc. Truth or shenanigans, A-Rod and or Teixeira will be released. Shenanigans. As fans, it's easy for us to say, just move on, but it, it, it's just not as simple as that. There's a lot more to it. The team is still responsible to pay them. And look, how comfortable would you be for paying somebody for nothing? And mm-hmm. besides that, there's a professional, uh, there's a protocol. You know, there's a way that things are done, which doesn't always need to be adhered to right to the letter. But if you're not going to adhere to it, you better have a real good reason. Or the next free agent that you want to sign might be wondering about, um, should I sign someplace where they might cut me like they did A-Rod and, mm-hmm. and Texera? Here's the thing. If, they place, if their place on the roster was holding a young player back or was otherwise a difference on whether or not the team makes the playoffs, well, then maybe you have that good reason and that extenuating circumstance to justify the cut. But that's not the case. They're not taking up a roster space that somebody else would be more productive in. It's I don't see how cutting them really benefits the club. I'll say shenanigans that they, they will not be released. I wish they would be, honestly. Because, I, I mean, someone besides Mark Teixeira is going to play for space next year. Greg Bird's injured. 
but Tyler Austin can play first base and he's tearing up AAA. Get him up here and see if he can be your guy next year. I, you know, Teixeira still hasn't hitting 200. Uh, you know what? I, I really should stop there because I could go on all, all day about this. But um, look, the Yankees wouldn't even move Sabathia to the bullpen when he was pitching to a five and a half ERA. They're not going to cut these guys and pay them yeah, for nothing. We, we it's not happening. It's, it's just, it's not done. Last but not least, I named my son Henrik after Rangers goalie Henrik Lundqvist, and while we were in the hospital, our nurse told us she and her husband named a son after Lundqvist too. So truth or shenanigans, you would name a kid after your favorite athlete. I find myself wondering, do you really need to even answer this question? You obviously would. You just did. I was planning on Darren being here for this question, so I, but uh, would you? I, I Yeah, I agree, I would. Why not? By the way, you know, any similarity to my son, Brett, and my favorite hitter growing up, George Brett, is purely coincidental. <laughs> uh, name name your kid after whoever you want. I, I, You know, I'd sooner do that than stick my kid with some name. Well, you, you told know. me you named your daughter after somebody famous, right? Yeah, she was Marissa Tomei. That's why she That's spells right. it with one S. We, you know, we, we loved her as an actress at the time. She was one of my wife's favorite. Uh, still is, and that's where Marissa got her name. Brett is, it is not coincidental. George Brett was a heck of a hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a Yankee fan. I love the way he played the game, so that's where Brett got his name. Also had uh, one of the greatest on-field tirades in history. Yeah, that's true, and that was, you know, I've seen that in my son. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, I again, I'd rather name my kid after his, it doesn't matter. Name him after that. Why not? Uh, it's better that than some Old Testament Hebrew name, you know, because somehow you think <laughs> you're you're under the delusion that you, it brings honor to God. Mm-hmm. You know, people, uh, Jezekiah, and whatever. <laughs> if that makes you happy, but I don't want my kid to have to go to school with that. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Hey, we're going to take one more break. We'll come back with our Pest of the Week right after this. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Listen up, Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, and every other place that can hear this radio station. If you have a pest problem, don't waste your time with any company that's not named Town & Country Pest Solutions. I was a customer before they were the title sponsor of this show, and trust me, they know what they're doing. They have nearly three decades of experience ridding homes of wasps, bees, ants, roaches, bedbugs, squirrels, raccoons, snakes. Yes, I've seen a video of them taking care of a very large snake. You name it, Town & Country Pest Solutions handles it. They're so serious about solving your critter problems that they have an actual American Ninja Warrior on their team who will stop at nothing to get the job done. He can also get up on your roof without a ladder. What could be better? Pest problems solved and a show. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. One more time, write this down, 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear absolutely nothing but God. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. 
Welcome back to the show. Title sponsor of the Beyond the Game program is Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownAndCountrySolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is NBA Commissioner Adam Silver for pulling the NBA All-Star Game from the city of Charlotte and state of North Carolina in response to Carolina's HB2 law, often referred to as a bathroom bill, which was enacted earlier this year and requires transgender people to use the bathroom of their birth gender as opposed to any one of their choosing. Many recent reports since the NBA chose to pull the game have referred to the bill as anti-LBGT, which is the exact farce that the commissioner bought into in making his decision. Mm -hmm. It is not anti-LBGT. Silver said, we do not believe we can successfully host our all-star festivities in Charlotte in the climate created by HB2. That, people, is a load of garbage. It's a politically motivated, carefully orchestrated statement designed to generate public support while actually concealing the truth. Look, man, I'd have a lot more respect for Silver if he just came out and said you disagree with the law and want to join other groups in bullying the state into changing the law. But to try to get me to believe that you could not successfully host the event in Charlotte due to the climate created by HB2, that's just absurd. Of course you can host it there. You just didn't want to because you're trying to influence the decision of the state. North Carolina Congressman Roger, or excuse me, Robert Pittenger has sent a letter to the commissioner questioning the hypocrisy of the NBA's decision. The congressman says the NBA is actively involved in pursuing their, present, their preseason games in China with atrocious human rights problems. Mm -hmm. Apparently, the NBA has no issue with China's policy of forced abortions, its oppression of religious minorities and ban on any faith not overseen by the Communist Party, or the NBA has no issue with the Chinese government's censorship of information available to its people. And by the way, China does not recognize gay marriage, which the state of North Carolina does. And for all you who say that government should stay out of sports, why are you so silent when sports cannot stay out of government? This is nothing more than the NBA flexing its muscle in an attempt to influence the politics of the people of North Carolina, the very same people they are now punishing with this unfair decision. But then again, hypocrisy is nothing unfamiliar in the NBA. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver is my Pest of the Week. And sticking with the theme, mine is also a commissioner. It's NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. In a recent letter, he claimed that CTE research on the brains of deceased athletes doesn't prove any link between contact sports and CTE, and even went so far as to say that educating players about the dangers and possibilities of CTE is quote-unquote fear-mongering. Mr. Bettman, concussions are real, CTE is real, and it's serious. People have killed themselves because of CTE all too often. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to find the link between contact sports, concussions, and CTE. And to think that educating your players about its risks is somehow a bad thing is mind-bendingly stupid. So Gary Bettman is my pest of the week. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game has been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. You can give them a call, 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Tell them Benson sent you. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Have a great week, everybody.